and welcome back to the It's Good to Talk podcast. So today we have another podcast host, actually. Um, we have uh, Mama Foxfire. Um, so, yeah, and, and like I said, another podcast host. We've had a few on recently, actually. We've had, obviously had, we had um, Care from Love for a Purpose. We've had um, Untapped Keg. <laughs> um, yeah, we've had, we've had quite a few people on. So I think it's good because obviously we all have different ways of approaching things and talking. I've just realized all of the other podcast hosts I've had on are American. So if there's any English people out there that do a podcast, come and, come and talk to me or is it all on football for you guys? Come on. Um, so, um, but how are you doing? How are you doing, Mama? I am doing all right. It is a, it is a day. <laughs> <laughs> we can see, you blurred it out, but we can see the boxes in the background. We know yes. about the movie. <laughs> I know. I need to put on a different background just so you can't see the boxes, but I did move fairly recently and then just today my sister moved so uh kind of took some food over to her and was running a little late for this podcast which is a, <laughs> i am again deeply sorry for that i hate being late for things but awesome. but here we are <laughs> See, i'm gonna i'm gonna have to do this because i tell everyone else off i so on my twitch channel um, anyone that ever comes over there the word sorry is literally banned you can't actually say it ah. um because uh, so it's always really strange for people because of course when you go on twitch channels usually the words you know fuck shit yeah, yeah, all that kind of bad bad stuff is banned that's absolutely fine in my chat the words apology apologize sorry um anything like fine all of those words are the ones that are banned um because i always say to people if you're saying sorry one i've never asked for it and if you've done something that needs a sorry I've told you to fuck off already because if it's got to that level and all sorry ever really does is creates a scenario where you get to beat yourself up beyond anything else. That's all it's doing. You're saying sorry. um, And let's be honest, this is the same for parents. The amount of times parents will go, well, I I want you to say sorry. Well, if I meant it or if I thought that something had happened, I would have either acted upon it, which should mean a hell of a lot more. Or I would have said sorry already. You physically trying to get me to say sorry is you actively bullying me. That's what that is. That is someone going, I want you to feel bad. I want you to beat yourself up. So you say sorry to me. It's it's yeah, I hate the word sorry. Um, The amount of times I've had to ban variations of it on Twitch because people put sorry or (laughs) S-O-R-R-Y or and then, oh, I apologize. No, that can fuck off too. No. And it's really funny because people will come in and be like, I've tried to say something. And like, I don't know why. And I'm like, did you say fine, sorry, or apology? And they're like, what? So yeah, no, th- those are my only bad <laughs> words. Like, this place is weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you had the band Mia Culpa yet? That's a good one. That you can get around it sometimes. <laughs> I remember that one. Actually, I've got a little bit Irish person in my chat. I'm surprised I haven't used that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny because my eight-year-old, um, he'll do something and he'll immediately say sorry. And a lot of the time it's related to one of his tics and he's knocked something over or whatever. He immediately says sorry. Um, and I had to have a conversation to the opposite effect with him just a week ago where mm-hmm. I was like, stop saying sorry. Like, that's not necessary. A, if it's because of one of your tics, you never have to apologize for that. Like, just inform me so that I can help you clean up whatever it is or I can help you fix whatever it is. No big deal. B, if it's something that you truly did that is like jumping on the couch when I've told you a thousand times not to jump on the couch, don't say sorry. Just say, I will try to do better next time and then try not to do it again because you saying sorry 
means nothing. You not doing it again is the apology. So exactly. we we just had that conversation a week ago. But I say sorry all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's, it is it is um, it is a kind of automatic for so many people. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, a, a lot of stuff because I've got a few different um, YouTube channels and stuff. Some of them are more. Um, I have a. It's quite funny because this one is you know, YouTube partnered, all that kind of stuff. And this is probably the biggest of my channels. But then I have a smaller one, which is mental health, that's suitable for, for kids and everything like that. Unsurprisingly, YouTube and those people out there, that's, that's a tenth of the size of this one. Is it, is it, is it just because I'm a moody Brit that swears a lot? Is that what it is, guys? Um, but, you know, I, always, I talk about on there, I, I'm very kind of con- contrary on there to the idea of, like, stop saying sorry. Stop being nice to people. Um, like the, the stuff that, that I always say puts me as a kind of a monkey in a suit, this idea of I look the right thing. You know, I've got the, the Buddha necklace. And for anyone out there, I'm not Buddhist. I just think it's pretty. That's literally it. I just think it's pretty. Um, and I've got the you know, singing bowl in the background. And because it's hot in the UK, I've just got a vest on. But I, I look the part and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a white male. So it's just like, oh, yeah, we can, you know, there's an assumption of, you know, we can take the piss because he's very much kind of mindful and wellness. And then they come in and go, oh, fuck, no. What the hell? (laughs) Not what I thought it was. Because then I kind of go, no, 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 I do all that stuff. I'm also a former tournament fighting martial artist um, who teaches self-defense. And um, I spent a lot of my time hitting people. So fucking bring it. (laughs) If you want to go with that. So, um, but yeah, you you talked about, um, you you, you talked about your son there and um, with, with ticks and stuff. So, is is that what kind of took you more to the idea of of helping people and talking about mental health or is it more yourself added on to it like is there a, a bigger story there yeah so actually no um the 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 bigger story happened before he was uh exhibiting symptoms and was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome Um, which was, he was diagnosed in, I can't remember if it was 2019 or 2020, but he had symptoms before that. He had symptoms for about a year before that. But actually what got me into, into, um, advocacy for mental health was in 2017, my grandfather went missing. And when he went missing, um, I, we, I was on a hunting trip. I left immediately. Like, I went straight to his house. I dropped my kids off at my grandma's house, my other grandma's house. And uh, went out there, and there were searches. There was blood in his shop. There was nothing taken out of the house. Like, it definitely seemed like foul play adjacent. And so a couple theories surrounding his disappearance, and he's never been found. Um, A couple theories surrounding his disappearance are either that he was murdered or that he died to suicide. And so because a body has never been found, neither of those can be addressed. Mm. However, in either case, if he did kill himself, then that could have been addressed if he had been willing to talk to someone. He was a retired fireman and very macho, very manly, manly. You know, I'm from Texas, so there's very strong ideas of what a man should be in Texas yeah. uh, and lots of parts of the world. I'm not saying that's exclusive to Texas, but uh, lots of ideas of what manhood means. And he definitely was one of those people who had those kinds of ideas. And so if he did kill himself, then... He might not have had he felt it was okay to get help. Mm. And then if he didn't, if someone murdered him, then it was potentially related to one of the affairs he was having. And he and my grandmother both had affairs. It's not an exclusive thing. 
they knew about each other's affairs. So I don't know that they technically had an open marriage, but they at least were informed of everything. Um, however, there was one affair partner of his who was married. And that the one of the theories is perhaps he was killed by that person. Uh, never been proven again. Nobody hard to prove anything. Yeah. And so in that case, same thing. If that person is the one who killed my grandfather, if he had been willing to seek out a mental health professional and get some help for what he was going through and get some support in processing what he was going through, then my grandfather might not be missing. So in either case, a lot of what happened to me came back to mental health. Mm. And that's not the way a lot of my family views it. And that's okay. But one of the things that it did, it brought me very, very close to my sister. It prompted me to go back to getting therapy because I had tried therapy before for some problems in my own marriage um, and had a very terrible experience in therapy. So it prompted me to go back to therapy. I saw the support from my coworkers. I saw the support from my family and everything. And it really prompted me to say, I wish something had been different. And whenever that thought clicked in my head, I was like, you could help it be different. And so that's kind of what got me into mental health advocacy as a whole. Now, my son um, being diagnosed with Tourette syndrome, and then my my other son is transgender. And so both of those have different aspects of mental health where I have to be very guarded with my youngest having Tourette syndrome to make sure he can stand up for himself because he is going to face bullying with some of the things that happen, um, especially where we live. And then with my other son being transgender, he's going to face some things in his school and not just from students, but from teachers as well. So I have to make sure that I am an advocate for them and their own mental health in very different ways. So it kind of played into both of their lives as well. But what really prompted it was that single event in my life. And it's just it's just kind of trickled down for everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the macho thing. Yes, it's not, not exclusive to Texas, but Texas does kind of. I mean, <laughs> it's so stereotypical, like it's I mean, so strong here. The motto of Texas, everything's bigger in Texas, you know. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a very, it's that, it's that to- toxic masculinity. I mean, it, it does, it's weird enough, it, it comes back to almost what I was saying before as well, is that it, for me, suddenly in the idea of toxic masculinity, I'm not a man until I punch someone in the face and then I'm a man again. It's like, what, what the fuck are you on about? Like, that has that has no bearing on anything but suddenly when you're when you're big and strong and everything like that and it's just like it's really weird it's and like of me and all of my brothers and sisters of which there are many um I'm the one that's most likely to cry I'm the one that's most likely to talk about my emotions I'm the one that's most likely to do that um which in many people's eyes would be like oh well you know it's a bit soft but then I'm also the six foot two broad-shouldered martial arts fighter and then it's like mm-hmm. in their minds somehow that doesn't go together well no that's you it can't be a contradiction fun. right and it's yeah. like how that's not you know and i mean i'm in two minds about paddy pimlet from the other day um when he talked about mental health um the ufc fighter after after winning it's because i think he proved he proved his own point in how viral that went because the fact that it, it it only came up about talking to, about mental health to that extent when a UFC fighter talks about it. I talk about it all the time. You talk about it all the time. Love for a Purpose talks about it all the time. Untucked Cake talks about it all the time. Mindset by Dave talks about it all the time. Where, 
where's our viral? Where's the charities that talk about it? Where's their viral? It only happens when someone who can hit you in the head when they do it. It's only when a tough man talks about it. Oh, well, yeah, well, it's he, he, he won. So maybe we'll listen for a minute. It's like, oh, wait a minute. What the fuck's going on there? I do wonder what would happen if he had talked about it and he'd lost. If they'd have just gone, oh, yeah. well, it's just because he lost. It's just because he's, he's not a real man. That's kind right. of what I think would have happened. Um, and it, it is strange that that becomes part of it. I've talked about to- toxic masculinity a lot in the past because whether I like it or not, I am the fucking poster boy for toxic masculinity. <laughs> You know, everything about me screams it. I, I've done martial arts since I was four years old. I am, like I say, I'm over six foot, which is an automatic fucking thing for some reason. I'm broad shouldered. I am relatively strong. I, you know, all of these things I have benefited because mm-hmm. of toxic masculinity. And it's just ridiculous. Um, I think the, the South in America is similar to the North in England in that kind of way of thinking. It, it, it makes you think of, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, Billy Elliot, the film Billy Elliot. No, so there's a, the film Billy Elliot is where this kid wants to be a, a ballet dancer. Um, and uh, he's in the North and all of his family and all the men locally are like, well, he must be gay and all, all this kind of, you know, properly... Yeah well, that's not, that's not a real man and all that kind of stuff. And it's a, it's a very similar way of thinking. And but my father's actually from Yorkshire, which is a northern um, county as well in, in England. Um, so I kind, of, I kind of get that bit. Did that also, obviously, having to then deal um, with both your sons, has that made you talk to yourself about your own mental health then? Because I noticed when you were talking about mental health there, yes, you talked about the therapy and going back at it, but you didn't really, you seem to skip over your own mental health there. <laughs> which is an automatic thing um, because it's the thing that I t- tell people off for the most. Um, I always say, because my, 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 um, my line for, for mental health is always turn on your light first. Um, and the majority of people just going to go, yeah, yeah, but, but I'm just going to make sure that theirs is on first. It's like, no, fuck off yours. Um, but that seemed to be something that you, you missed or intentionally or not when you were talking about it. So has that made you engage with it more or are you still kind of chasing yourself to talk about it? Uh, so I talk about my own mental health on my podcast a lot. Like I, I'm very open about the struggles that I have. Um, I, like I said, I just go back to therapy whenever my grandfather went missing. I also went to therapy to work on some CPTSD that I have from my ex having several affairs and worked through some processing of that. Um, and I love therapy. I think that it's great. However, I am, and anyone in my community will tell you this, I am strongly guilty of being like, okay, but I'll sleep when I'm dead because I don't take care of myself very well. I can do all of the, like I have the, okay, I'm going to take five minutes and do a breathing exercise just to calm the fuck down. But I don't necessarily take the time to be like, all right, why did you get to a point where you have to take five minutes to calm the fuck down? Like, what was it that led up to that that you could have done differently? And how are you going to do it differently next time? And then implementing that. I'm awful about that. And it is something that I know. It is something that I that I recognize. It is something that I am trying to work on. Um, however, being a single mom of two kids does mean a lot of the time that my needs come last. Um, and so mm. it, it's hard. <laughs> they shouldn't. I'm not saying that they should. I am absolutely not saying that that is right. <laughs> I just think but about I'm saying it's what I personally do a yeah. lot of the time. I, I just think so about put, your oxygen mask on, put your oxygen mask on first. Yes, 100%. You should. 
Um, I've just made sure that I'm following you on Twitch so I can come in and tell you off every now and again. Um, <laughs> Good. Do, please, yes. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, do I mean, as I say, not as I do. <laughs> so the way, the way I, I always um, think about it is, so I'm gonna, I, I use this, and I, I, I forget how much I use this analogy, but fuck it, I came up with it. I'm going to use it again because it's appropriate. So I always say turn on your light first, and the, the main reason is if you think about it logically, if there's two of you in a house, um, and there's a, there's a hallway in between the two of you, and you're in one room, uh, the other person's in the other room. There's no lights on at all, and they scream out, "I, you know, or if it's your kids, Mama, I need your help or whatever," and you do nothing but rush out to to help and turn that light on, you're going to fall over, you're going to get cut, you're going to get bruised, you don't know where you're going, you're going to fumble in the dark for a long time. You'll finally get there, but you'll be battered, you'll be bruised, you'll be cut, and you'll be there late because you were having to try and work through everything. And you'll finally turn the light on, and you will turn the light on, and you will help that person, but your light has never been turned on in that moment, and their light has been turned on late. If you turn your light on first, that will illuminate into part of that hallway, which means you can take your time and step. And yes, you're taking your time a little bit more, but it's still faster than before. You can miss that bit in the carpet that you need to you know, knock down with a hammer. You can miss the... Um, table that you've put in the hallway and you can get there you then turn on their light faster you're unscathed you're not cut but you know bruised anything both of you are okay your light was on and so it helped you see that and you can help them far more with your light on now most people like yourself and like kev I'm calling you out kev if you see this um will do <laughs> in between because the, the in-between is what I see, and it's why I also dislike this, because so many people on Twitch, Twitter, everywhere else will go, have you had water and food? And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Because all that is, is the same as having a candle. Because it's the excuse. It's when people go, well, I've eaten today, and I've drunk, so I'm okay. No, you're not. All you're doing is going down that hallway with a candle. Yes, you can illuminate the way a little bit. But all it takes, and the same as your mental health, is one fall, and you're back to square one again. And that one fall started the whole thing again. So it's not enough to just do the bare minimum. It isn't yeah. enough to just make sure that, oh, well, I'll just do this when I can. And, oh, well, I'll have to make sure of them first. Because No, no. I do, I do bring people on my podcast to tell them off. So, you know, um, but, you know, that's. that's what... And I, I think it's important to recognize, like, turning your light on doesn't mean that you're fixed. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. It just means that you are addressing some things in your life that needs to be addressed before you're addressing things in other people's lives. And that makes you better informed to help other people as well. It still doesn't make you their therapist if you're not a therapist, or even if you are, you're not a therapist for the people in your family. Um, and it's it's one of those things that, you know, yes, I'm in therapy. I am working through stuff. I do talk to my therapist frequently. All of those things, however, like even she gets on to me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I, I definitely uh, hear it from her as well. And uh, it's, it's a it's a struggle for a lot of people to really oh, yeah. consider, are you in a space to truly help that person or do you need to focus on you? Because it's so hard to say no to people sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get a lot of people that also kind of go, oh, yeah, my therapist agrees with you. I'm like, yeah, it's all my spot. But, yeah, it's, you know, it is hard for a lot of people to say no. It doesn't mean you should avoid it. I think people go, oh, I can't say it. It's been hard, so I won't. And it's like, no, that's good enough anymore because you wouldn't be in this point you know i get people because i'll get people in my chat i'll get people that i talk to normally about mental health from something else or through the charity 
and they'll be like, yeah, but uh, it's, it's working. I'm like, if it's working, why are you here? If it's working, you don't need to talk to me. You know, harsh as that sounds, but it, you wouldn't need to just, even if you're coming in with a problem, even if you're coming in not and just saying, hi, how are you doing? Um, or whatever it is, you wouldn't need to necessarily be on Twitch searching the words mental health, searching the words support or anything like that, which is how you found me. Um, or, you know, through somebody else who does mental health. If that was the case, you wouldn't know me. You wouldn't know anything about me. So I don't, I don't game at all on my Twitch. There is no gaming on that channel. So if you've come across me, it's not because you wanted to play Fortnite. You know, that's, <laughs> so it's, you, you often find people that, I think it's something we all do. We'll, we'll go, I need help. And then when somebody says, okay, what can we do? You go, oh, no, 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 it's fine. Um, I, my, my problem doesn't matter. Uh, the amount of people I get, well, you're going through something, so mine doesn't matter. No, shut the fuck up. No, 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 no. What do you mean it doesn't matter? Of course it matters. Just because I'm going through something, all that means is I can't help you right now. That doesn't yeah. mean somebody else can't. You know, just because your your son's ill, your mum's ill, your dad's ill, your sister, your brother, your you know, your auntie, your uncle, just because they aren't there for you right now doesn't mean somebody else won't be. It doesn't mean that you go, oh, well, now... I'm not okay, but they're not okay, so I must help them. No, 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 Because the only reason you know they're not okay is because they're saying it in a way for you to help yourself, not for, a, for an extra thing to, for you to help. But so many people go, oh, helping other people is my way of helping yourself. No, it's not. Every single one of you out there now, you are lying. You are lying to yourself. <laughs> and I've heard it from therapists before as well, and that pisses me off, because it's just not true. Because if all you're doing is helping someone else, at no point do you ever look back and help yourself. And the second that they're okay, or the second they drop down beyond what you can help, what happens? And if you keep doing it, and, um, you know, what happens when they finally do fall and you've got nobody else to help? What ha you know, you're not able to help them anymore or properly anyway because your light is continually going off. And when your light finally goes off, Who's there to help them? If you were the only person that could ever help them, then you not turning your light on is more damaging to them than you turning it on and being selfish for a minute. So I can't yeah. the ramp there. That's not. <laughs> well, I will push back a little bit on one thing that you said there, because you said that, that helping other people isn't necessarily helping yourself. And I, I will say peer support is very important. Peer support is something that is very important both to give and to receive. So if you are someone like myself, who actually enjoys going on. And, and when you have the mental capacity, the mental space and everything, you've already turned on your own light, going on and helping other people is something that actually does bring me a lot of joy. Because if I can go on and say, all right, listen, you're having a really hard time, A, it's reached out to your mental health professional, B, have you done whatever has helped you in the past? Those kinds of things do help me a little bit. And I know that there are other people that are like that. They like to help other people. Big Kev is one of them. He truly loves to help other people, and it brings him a lot of joy. It is not a form of therapy, though. Like, that's where yeah. that's where you're right. It is not think, a form of therapy. It I, is a good thing, though. <laughs> I, mean, no, I think there's also misunderstanding of what I mean. When I say that, I mean when people, instead of looking after themselves, yes, only help I agree them. with that, yeah. And yeah, when you absolutely. say, and your, your caveat at the beginning of that was when you have the capacity. When you have the yeah. capacity, that's yeah. fine. Mm -hmm. But you can't do it from the start, which is what yeah. I was, what I meant. I clearly worded it wrongly. But 
when you're doing it from the start, when you're doing it instead of helping mm-hmm. yourself, and you're just going, well, just helping someone will always bring me up. No, it won't. It, yeah. it won't. And unless yeah, you, you can use it as therapy. It is not a substitute. Yeah, no, absolutely. I do it. So um, it's it's very hard to interact with. And um, yeah, it's and I, I and yeah, the amount of times um, bring we're bring big Kevin to this again. All right, Kevin, if you see it. Um, <laughs> I love he is he is such a dear friend. So I don't mind. <laughs> I will. Um, you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll message him and, and be like. You actually okay? You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, because yeah. I'll be like, mm, I, I don't know, I don't know if you are, and I don't, I, and I've said this to him. So I was, you know, a lot of stuff I see, and I see it on Twitter, especially everywhere else, is too positive in my mind. Um, and I'll be like, and I, I know kind of what's necessary to do. And I do this to other people as well. So it's like there's a lot of positivity out there, but how are we actually doing? And I'll do that for people um, a lot because. All I always see around them is people going, things are amazing. Yeah, just just be good tomorrow and all that. And I'm like, this isn't this isn't Hogwarts. I don't need a Dumbledore quote. I want some actual help. Um, yeah. And I think people get lost in it sometimes. It's it's that idea of a of toxic positivity that is one of the things, probably the main one of the main things that I railed against when I first came onto the scene in terms of mental health. Um, because that's, I mean, it's just not me. And yeah, you know, this kind of uh, it's okay not to be okay. Great. What's next? Because there's never a next. And that, that's always the, the indicator for people, for, for me. Is if your Twitter just has, it's okay not to be okay, and there's nothing else, no discussion, there's no references, please get in the bin. Because <laughs> if it's, you know, we understand that you could be going through this, there are things out there, blah, 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 it's okay not to be okay. Well, you brought, con- you brought context. You said that these things could be happening and you're letting people know. Or you've gone, it's okay not to be okay. And if you're not today, here's a resource link. That, yeah. Great. But I, I, I feel that a lot of people, and especially those that are enjoying helping other people, or also the ones that can get kicked hardest because they get surrounded by the positivity so much. And when you get somebody that you feel, oh, this person's amazing, and, and then you find out they're not, it's it's hard. because. Yeah. Um, I mean, my 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 philosophy for for people is actually comes. Of, I did this in podcast. Give it. Um, it comes from um, Die Hard Two. Um, it's in my mind, everyone's an arsehole. This is whether I'm your kind of arsehole, and that's it. Because if you go off that opinion, then the people that are that are good, well, they're just your kind of arsehole. It's all good. And if they turn out to be an arsehole, well, you knew they're an arsehole. It's cool. Whereas if you put everyone on a pedestal from day one, it's why I tell off so many people for going, oh, no, you're a ma- – no, 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 go, go, go away, go away. No. Like, the amount of people will say it, and, and I'm just like, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm just an arsehole. You're helping each other. Um, and, you know, if you, if you get on this pedestal, then when somebody on that pedestal is knocked off and you have to deal with that, you're effectively creating a grieving process for yourself in the future from what you thought you knew of someone. So it's really hard when you have those interactions. It may be why I'm so much of a freaking hermit, to be fair. Bob, as you've said about um, with, with your own podcast as well. So what made you want to, because obviously you've got the therapy and, you know, you, you've talked about the stuff around it. But for most people, if they're going through any kind of hell, um, and especially, like you say, you're in Texas. You're not in somewhere where you necessarily talk about the 
the the, the fields. You know, it's not it's not that kind of place. Um, you know, if I was having someone on from Texas, usually I'd be talking to them about the fact that I like guns. Not necessarily because <laughs> I used to shoot. I used to shoot. I, when I was like young. guns. <laughs> it was a great conversation with people when they're kind of like, "Wait, well, you're British and you got yeah." I used to shoot, um, but like that's the the expectation of Texas, especially. So, what made you go? You know what? I can turn a camera on and I can I, like like me. Don't shut up. So, what can we do with that? Like, what what drew you to that side of it? Uh, so I was already streaming on Twitch. I was so all right. So my my um, journey to starting a podcast, <laughs> like I said, I mean it does trace back to whenever my grandfather went missing in 2017. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that that did was it drew me really close to my sister. And my sister's wonderful. She's always there to support me. I try to always be there to support her as well. Um, and she was like, you know, I, I hadn't gamed in a while. I used to play RuneScape. I used to. You know, we used to game together as kids, but then it kind of dropped off after I got married. My ex really didn't like me to do my own things. Like, he wasn't. He was like, we have to do everything together. Very toxic marriage I was in. Not a good example. Don't do it. Have a healthy relationship. But it was it was reality for me. I didn't have my own things. I didn't really get to do my own thing. Everything was together. Um, and so I hadn't gamed in many, many years. And she was like, you know, there's this thing called Discord. Have you ever been on it? And I'm on it almost every night. And you could just hop into this call with me and my other friends. And so I started doing that. And then we started playing games together. And then one of our other friends uh, that was in that call all the time was like, hey, you're actually really funny when you play games. You should stream. Have you ever heard of Twitch? And so I started to stream playing games because I am I am horrible at games. And, but I love them. Like, it's great. I have so much fun being so bad at all of these games that it's just different. <laughs> I'm not trying to be the best, you know. I'm yeah. trying to just have fun. And so um, I also sing a lot. Like, everything in my head is song lyrics and movie quotes and everything. So I'm not singing, like, like nicely. Just sing out loud because a song popped into my head. That kind of singing. Yeah. So I started streaming on Twitch. And then after a little while, I was like, okay, this is cool. You know, I hit affiliate pretty quickly. I'm not really worried about making a living off of this. I have a full-time job. Like, it's fine as a hobby. Um, and then I was like, I, I really feel like I could do more with this platform. And so I started thinking about what I could do with it. And I started doing um, Wellness Wednesdays and just picking a topic and talking through with the community that was already on Twitch to watch me play games started talking through with the community about different things, whether it was self-care or a different disorder every week or whatever it was. And then after a, probably a month or two of that, I was like, you know what else I could do? Instead of saying, you know, I really don't know the answer to that question about something that I've never experienced before. Let me look it up. Let's look it up together on my screen. Um, I could bring on an expert in that topic. And so I brought on my first interview guest was, um, Elizabeth, oh, I can't pronounce her. I can't pronounce her last name without looking at it. But she's a therapist. She's in Massachusetts. Wonderful, wonderful lady. And it was a blast. I mean, we talked for so long, and it was just like seamless. It was wonderful. And so then I was like, oh, I could, I could just keep doing this. I could keep bringing on different people and talking to them about all these different topics, and have the community ask them questions. Hmm. So it's it's 
a lot of the time it's a therapist that has a specialty in something that they may never have even heard of Twitch, you know, and they're coming on to these shows with me and just joining a Zoom call like this. And then it's just a conversation where they get to answer questions from people who aren't their clients and just generally answer community questions. And so I enjoyed that so much that I just kept doing it. I did take about seven months off. I just started doing them again. Um, like I said, I just moved. I renovated the house that I'm living in now, then moved, and then renovated the old house as well. Uh, with, I mean, I say I did it. My dad did a lot of it. <laughs> uh, but it was a lot of work. And so I took about seven months off, just started doing it again, and I didn't realize how much I had missed it. And so I feel like just bring, being able to bring a professional into the mix and say, let's talk about this thing that's important or topical or something that the community wants to hear and get some things answered from people who know. So that's a long story of how I got into, <laughs> into the podcasting part of my journey here. Yeah, I think it's, it's always it's always interesting of kind of how people get into that. I mean, because it's always surprising who you can get on podcasts as well. I think people are surprised. Yeah. I mean, with this, this originally started as a university uh, thing. Basically, lockdown happened. And I was just like, well, I was the president of a student um, mental health group in at the university and just went, well, no one's around. Should, should I just do this? So I'll get people from my committee on the society. We'll just have a chat. And then I started, you know, doom scrolling on, on TikTok, um, <laughs> came across Call Me Chris, um, who has got like 60, 70 million people on TikTok now and like 7 million on YouTube now. So she's a, you know, she's a social media star. And I just sent her a message, she went, any chance? And she came on. She came on when yeah. there was like 100 people on my, um, on the podcast um you know sub to the podcast said, yeah okay well come on and then she came on again when it was like 20 million and i was like okay right well now i'm gonna have to diversify we've had like big name and some right okay we've had a really weird one there i've had like the guy i went to the pub with every every other week come on the podcast and then a social media star and okay now we need to <laughs> see who else is going to come on but it is weird where it comes from and um it's always interesting that you that you kind of went the twitch first whereas for me it was the other way around and I'm, i don't yeah. do podcasts on my twitch this, this is completely separate this doesn't go out on twitch um so yeah it's interesting because it's it's seeing which which way around it is because i think many people kind of have the idea and then go into twitch from it or something like that um i mean when i went to twitch i literally went to twitch because i don't shut up that was literally what it happened <laughs> someone, someone said to me when i was yeah. in their chat like why don't you turn the camera on and do it I ranted for two hours about how misrepresenting the film Rain Man was. And they just mm -hmm. went, that was really good. And I was like, what do you mean? I just ranted. And I was like, no, no, no. The fact that you could talk for two hours. I'm like, oh, so the fact that I, I never shut up is a good thing for Twitch. I'm like, yeah. yeah. For Twitch, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, with the podcast and everything like that, is there, because obviously for you, it, it became a kind of almost like a, a good way of, bringing everyone up in your in your chat and kind of answering some, some questions that you wanted answers as well as the chat but yeah. is there something outside of that that you kind of want to answer or want to achieve so for me I never really realized I wanted to but I've now started a mental health charity in the UK is is something like that for for, for you or is it kind of you just want to 
help educate people on mental health or is it to, to keep you more informed because of your kids you know is there is there kind of a an end goal or something that you want to be like no this is me now I think the end goal for me is just community building. We've got a great discord full of great people who we talk about everything. We have a mental health section in there and, um, you know, some different gaming sections and all that kind of stuff. And I think the community building is really what I enjoy about it. I don't have like a, I want to get to this many followers. Or I want to get to this many. Like I don't, I'm not going to quit my day job. I actually happen to really love my day job. So I don't want to quit it. Um, even one if person I that to... loves the day job. <laughs> I do. I actually really enjoy what I do. So uh, I don't I don't want to quit that or anything. I'm not trying to make a bunch of money to do that. Um, as far as like a charity, man, I have a hard enough time just uploading to YouTube on the on a regular basis. <laughs> so I would love to have my community connect to charities and support them. I do some fundraiser streams and I do set goals for those and uh, that, you know, that kind of thing whenever it's a fundraising stream. Um, but I just want to make sure that everybody's connected and, and really it feels like they're in a place of support. And it's just something that I feel like in the gaming world, especially it can get so toxic. I play some games where it's big on PVP and it can get really toxic when you're in that environment. And so having a place where you can go, where even if you're in PVP, a PVP game, you can just say, Hey, okay. But I actually like the people that I'm trash talking right now. And know that, know that you're in a space where everything's going to be okay at the end of the day. Um, I think it's really important. And it's just missing from the gaming world in so many ways. And there are several communities that have been kind of created in the gaming world to help with that. But it's still just, I mean, some of the shit that I see on TikTok and on YouTube with women, especially playing like Call of Duty and just getting the garbage that comes out of some people's mouths when they know nothing about that person. So having a place you can go and be known and seen, I think, really hits different. And that's one of my goals is just to keep creating that community. Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely seen what you mean about um, about female gamers. I mean, Kadea, who's been on, on here and is a, a partner Twitch streamer, um, she gets it all the time on TikTok. Yeah. Um, it's and, awful. And she's like, what that, like, she's she was like, um, she's several times, like, been on Teams like paid for by the company that developed the game or something. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, I bet you haven't even played it. And she's like, the fuck else do I need to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is this? Um, and it is, it is weird. It's, there's still, you know, I think it's interesting because it, 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 there's definitely a, a cultural difference there. The, the idea of, um, you know, shit talking on someone is far more acceptable in England. Like we do it as a form of endearment. Um but in the gaming world, it, it gets different because obviously it's, it's international. And it's it's very weird. And but there's still still a very kind of male toxic kind of way of doing it that still exists within games because it's still this this idea of like they're just player one or whatever, and you know you don't know who they are. So all that shit that's in my head that I don't say during the day, well now I can say it to this yeah. this this person. And the amount of people that will leave a lobby when they hear a female voice or something. I mean, it's like um, so I don't know if you've heard of the Sidemen. Um, they're they're a, like a, they're a huge YouTube group um, in the UK. They've got you know KSI um uh the the boxer rapper and everything else the one that fought logan paul um he's a member of the sidemen and um it's always funny when they they bring in their you know their girlfriends who are you know they're well known for other things as well and their girlfriends talk about the fact that they'll get into a lobby and like there's one i think it's valorant um where 
Talia Ma, who's the girlfriend of um, one of the people called Mini Minter. I always love the, the random names. But he's like, when she goes into a lobby, she'll have people, she'll, she'll say something first to make sure that she gets rid of all the toxic people rather than it being during a game. Yeah, and I mean, that's great. People, yeah, and then people will be like, oh, yeah, but uh, Mini Minter probably better, play it better. And he's like, no, I don't play it, Valorant. Like, she's on that game all the goddamn time. She will beat any of you anyway. Like, the real reason you're leaving is because you don't want to be beaten by a girl, which is which is really weird for people. Um, but so you do you find that you interact the two quite a lot then the, the gaming and the the mental health because obviously you, you say you know you've got the gaming and I've seen your Twitch you've got the gaming and then you've got the podcast. Do you ever try and really bring it together or like i don't know for instance playing games that are specific for for mental health or have been developed because of mental health or do you do anything around that or is it more a kind of we've got mental health and also when we're playing a game don't be a dick and i'm here if you need me like how do you interact with it so i don't necessarily uh, i mean my main games are minion masters arc new world uh seven days Dead by daylight those kinds of games so they are not mental health specific games however um i do have some games that i've been gifted that i want to do streams on like griff i haven't done that one yet i really want to play that game i think that it's um been hailed as one of the best games to represent schizophrenia um and it's it looks just very good now the problem that i have with playing games that are specifically developed for mental health is that i cry at everything <laughs> like i can be talking to my sister about you know a puppy and all of a sudden i'm just in tears and my will so this is a great example um my 15 year old and i were watching glee and every time we would sit down and watch glee my 15 year old like hold on where's the box of tissues I just need to make sure you have your box of tissues. And that, that show was so silly. But he and I, we pick a show and we just work our way through it. And so every time we sit down to watch a show, he's just like, Mom, where are your tissues? <laughs> so I cry at everything. It doesn't matter. I'm a very, um, uh, not, I'm not sensitive. I just get very emotional about stuff. But it's not an emotion in my head. Literally, the tears just show up. Like, I don't like to control them. So, um I don't do a lot of that on the stream, but if someone gifts me a game, I do try to play it at least off the stream and kind of play through it and, and see how it is and uh, give a little bit of a, a review to the community. But uh, there are some games that I do want to do like that, but I have not done that yet, no. Um, most of the time I do on Mondays uh, the mental health interview with a professional, and then I play like Minion Masters afterwards. Just a game that's easy no matter how much time I have, because the interviews can go anywhere from like 45 minutes to an hour and 45 minutes. just depends on how the conversation's going. And so I need a game where afterwards I can just play, and Minion Masters is an easy, it's quick, it's short matches, um, and I can just kind of <clears throat> kind of go through it. So I pick an easy game for after because a lot of the time those can get very emotional, so I need something to kind of lift my mood out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that is something that I do want to do. I just need to figure out how – not to cry my mascara off on stream when I do them. <laughs> but I mean, I, I guess uh, I mean my 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 response to that would be just cry um, yeah. because I, I mean I think it's waterproof. It, it's not going to come off. It's fine. <laughs> it, I mean, it, 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 I think it helps. It, it lets people know. I mean, I'm saying this, and any, anyone from my community is about to go. Um, wait a minute, what the fuck. But like, if you just cry on stream, I think it lets people know that they can as well. Because I, I have two yeah. or three people that be like, yeah, but I can't cry. I'm like, 
Oh, you can. You just stop. Oh no, I. I'm um, not saying I don't cry on. Zoom. No, no, but I obviously it's, it's, it's part of the consideration, which is different. Yeah. It's funny you say Glee. Yeah. That was when I was when I was teaching secondary school. I always used to get called Finn by some of the g- girls in one of my class. Um, and I was like, I don't see it personally, but fine. I guess that's okay. <laughs> it was an okay character. I'll take it. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's interesting with the, the working of it. And it's one of the things that, because I don't game. Um, I mean, I do now on different things, but I'm not a gamer. I didn't game. I didn't pick up a game for like 23 years. Um, like I, I stopped playing games when this type of controller turned up. Because I fucking hate joysticks. That lets you know how long ago I put the controller down. Um, mm-hmm. the, the original PlayStation, before the joysticks came in, because they came out with the later editions, that's when I was gaming. Like, um, and I, I, I hated it the second it came in. And I'm an awful gamer. I hate all of the things around it. Um, and when I started doing mental health, and I realized like there's a lot of people on Twitch that game. And you're like, okay. And this was obviously a way that people get help with with mental health it's good for their mental health in some way it helps them but i always found that i never wanted to have that as a distraction for me personally i just thought for me it would have been disingenuous because i'd have been doing it for the kind of let's get the views up and it just doesn't that's not that's not what i'm there for like i i will say I get pissed off when there's low views and the idea of people going, we should just not worry about the views. Shut up. Everyone worries about the views, especially I will argue the people that turn their view account off are the ones that worry about their views the most, because otherwise you wouldn't need to fucking turn it off, would you? Um, <laughs> so it's bullshit. We're human. We like the if we're some if we're people that are putting ourselves out there, we're at some level like the idea that people are watching this. Um, but at the same time, I still have that kind of, you know, I'm I'm talking to these few people here. They've come to see me. Cool. Um, but it's interesting because I think during the pandemic, so during when I was starting to get in, into it, was the first like proper bit of research that came out in real time, because everyone was at home gaming, in real time to show that actually gaming helps mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a study, it was from Cambridge University, um, I believe it was Cambridge, and he really laid in to all other studies. It was amazing. Yeah. The guy just went, all of those studies are complete bullshit. They asked them questions like a day or two after they've been gaming. We asked them in real time when they were yeah. actually gaming so that we knew how they felt then, how it is affecting you now. You don't get somebody to look at a picture of someone and say whether you find them attractive or not, but ask them a week later because they right. can't remember the picture anymore. Yes. So it's, it's, it doesn't make any sense. And it was really amazing because the amount of times you get it, I mean, every generation has it, you know, um, rap music, violence on TV, video games, every generation has had this. I've, I've had about five iterations in my life of it going through of which one supposedly is bad for me. I mean, Ouija boards, God love that, that thing, you know, they're fake, guys. I'm just going to put this out there. They're owned by a board game company. They they were literally created for a bit of fun. And yep. no one used them apart from complete charlatans until the film Exorcist. That's the reason that everyone gets scared of them. But that then was corrupting the youth. Like, board games! Board games <laughs> were corrupting the yeah. youth. And then it was something else, and then it was something else, and then it was something else. So it's always interesting. It was amazing to see this person just be like, no, no, no. 
No. And I mean, in an academic world, for someone to really go at it for that was was quite interesting. So, yeah, it's it's quite strange to to, to see that and see them move towards it. Um, how have you found people have taken you talking about mental health more openly? Um, because obviously, like you say, you were on Twitch first. You were doing this other stuff first. And obviously, in your personal life, you were going to therapy. And obviously, in, you now say your your ex-husband. So that's, you know, there's no interaction there. Um, and looking after your sons at home. But how has it been? Because I'm guessing now that, you know, your sister, your dad and that know that you do this. So how have people taken it? As we've said, Texas isn't necessarily the most... It's really weird because I want to say liberal, but I know that's that's a completely different terminology in America. But it's not the most open to. Well, I mean, liberal. Li- you're right. Texas, in theory, is not the most liberal. I think yeah. by population. So the thing that surprises people about Texas is that actually there are more people who are liberal in the term of political leanings here um, in Texas than you would believe because they're all in the big cities and their vote only counts that once. For that big city. So if our political system is fucked, we don't have to talk about that tonight. Um, so but, it's I the mean, politician in me. It's, it's coming through. <laughs> <laughs> we can talk about it. I'm just saying, if you don't want to get political, we don't have to get. Listen, with the Roe v. Wade shit, like Texas is a trash can. It's just a dumpster fire here. And I wish I could get out, but I have custody agreements that say that I have to stay. So oh, If you ever get the chance, um, I'll just off the cuff. I'll go off on, on one randomly because it's a podcast. If you ever come across Ben Brainard, on TikTok, great one because he does an impression basically of every uh, every state. And there's one bit where, um, like California, obviously always disagrees with Texas. And then there's that one moment where Texas says something, is, and you see California going, "Wait, I agree." And it's like, yeah. "No, that's not that's not Texas. That's Austin." Yes. <laughs> I've seen that one. I actually follow him. I love those skits. Like I love them so much. They're really cool. Yeah. Sorry, um, carry on. But I, yeah, but so I think for me. The switch from gaming to mental health was not a big change because I I do still game. Mm. And also, like, I was very open about my mental health even whenever I started streaming. Like, I was I was very open whenever we would join those calls with my sister that I was talking about at the beginning. I was very open about what, about what was going on in my life. Like, we I talked about it among friends, and my channel started with basically just friends watching. And so they already knew, like, I'm, I'm going to talk about my shit. I also am one who doesn't shut up. If it goes into my head, it comes out of my mouth. I talk to myself all the time during the day when I'm alone. Like, it's fine. It just is how I am. And so, um, for me, even when I was gaming on Twitch, I was still talking about how I was doing and I would ask people how they were doing. And I did find before, even before I started doing all the mental health stuff, somebody would come in and say, Oh, I'm doing all right. And I'd say, tell me how you're really doing. Like, if you're just going to tell me you're doing fine, tell me how you really are today. Like, it's okay to to be honest. You can be honest with yourself. You can be honest with me. If you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. But if you do want to talk about it, we can talk about it. And so because I always had that kind of, um, I guess, mentality about things, and I shared that openly, uh, it never was anything that was weird. And my family... So my, I already said my grandfather was a retired fireman. My other grandfather was a funeral director and a preacher. Um, I have several relatives who are teachers. My dad is a retired fireman. Like, I have all these people who have served the community in some way. And so they already know the impact of, that mental health can have. Like, teachers see it every day in school. 
firemen and paramedics see it every day in the accidents that they tend to and the people that they treat. Um, and it's just one of those things that, and, well, and, and preachers especially, funeral directors especially, they see it all the time too. And so, and, and so this uh, tattoo on my arm is a handlebar mustache for my other grandfather. This one is a fire ass for the grandfather who's missing. Um, and they are very important in my life. And because they were some big influences in my life, I, they, none of them were surprised that I, <laughs> that I talk about mental health. Like I've always been a very open person. I don't hide things necessarily. Um, I am also, like I said, one of those people who will just push through because I have to, like, it's just what I have to do. And one of the things um, that I think that people recognize in my family, at least, is just that we've beaten worse as a family unit. And it's okay if we talk about it because we're all going through it at the same time. And if we're all going through it at the same time, why wouldn't we talk about it? All it does is make us stronger and bring us closer. So no, I don't, I don't think that anybody was surprised whenever I started doing those. Maybe it was a surprise how I went about doing them and bringing on other people to talk about things. Um, but not like a shock, just like, a, oh, that's different, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Well, obviously, in some, in, in some family structures, especially more traditional ones, it's kind of like, this is, this is our problem. We don't, you know, this yeah. is yeah. behind our doors. Um, I, I mean, again, northern northern father, southern mother, but northern father, which is the reverse in, in America. So it's, it's you know the same kind of thing for 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 some of it. And I come from a very traditional um, background, so there's some similarities. I mean, it was very strange for me when I realised that my mother kind of got it. Like she doesn't, but she kind of does because my mum is now the generations for America and and England are different because we call the silent generation the second world war. I think you have it for the first world war, but like the generation that were born during the second world war is what my mother is. She's in, she's nearly 80. And so you just don't expect people like that to get it at all. And then you start talking and go, Oh, fuck you. Wait, you do like what <laughs> the hell? What, what, what? This isn't better happen. And sometimes, but I think that the good thing is when people admit they don't know what the hell's going on. And that's that's and that conversation, like you say, with families can be really good because sometimes I think we can feel like people older than us are just trying to have a go. But when they just when it's as simple as sometimes them just going, I have no idea. And I find that so much more helpful, like because one of the things that does get me online is when you get people that I don't know, they've got autism, ADHD, depression, any anything that's neurodivergent. And then they try and speak for everyone that has that yeah. is the most neurotypical response to a neurodivergent thing I've ever seen. Because what they're effectively going is, I have this, therefore I am this. I'm nothing else. I am. I'm not an individual anymore. I am only the representation of this. I am a tick box. And it's like, well, no. You, and and I think when people just go, you know what? Because I suffer from suicidal depression. Somebody else has suicidal depression. I'm just going to go, cool. Occasionally, we want to kill ourselves. That's all I know about you. I know. Yeah. Fuck all else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, there's nothing else I will know. As much as I may be able to understand, that's why I have an issue with the, the term empathy as to how some people understand it, because I find the word insulting. Um, I, we can understand to a point what someone's going through. We can never know what they're going through because we're not them. But, you know, yeah. it's that um, there's a an old uh, philosophical idea that if you went down to the zoo and you and the lion in the enclosure could speak English, you still wouldn't be able to understand what the hell's going on because its idea of life and its way of speaking and understanding what a cup is and all that is just 
completely different. So the fact that speak in English wouldn't make it any more understandable to you in the same way that just because you have depression, ADHD, anything else, you don't know what it's going through. The talking yeah. to each other really helps. <laughs> well, and that's, that's one of the things about the, um, I, I was going to say Tourette's community, but that's not really it. The, the creators who either have Tourette's or are advocates for people with Tourette's syndrome, um, some of them are great. Some of them are wonderful. Some of them are like, I'm only representing my experience. Here's what I go through. Because every representation of Tourette's syndrome is completely different. And what a lot of people don't understand is that it is a changing experience, especially when you're young. And so a lot of the times, the people that I wind up being like, wow, you're really awful, are the people who get exposed for faking it. (laughs) So so that's that's one side of things. And and I agree. People shouldn't just say, like, "I, I have depression. I have PTSD. I don't know what your depression looks like. We don't know what your PTSD looks like. And if you don't have CPTSD, you don't know what mine looks like. And so it's, it's like, you, there's so many different reasons you can be facing those things. My depression is chronic. Your depression might be acute. Yours might be related to some specific event. Mine might be related to just everything in life. Like there's a lot of different nuances to things that are so hard, um, to say, I know what you're going through because you really don't, which is why. I love asking people questions. You know, I do every week on Twitter, I do a check-in. And so I'll say the different levels of hearts, just put in the chat how you're doing. And if somebody says I'm at a blue, that means you're starting to struggle. I'll say, I am so sorry you're starting to struggle. Do you want to talk about it? Or if they put, hey, I'm doing great. I'll say, I'm glad you're having a good week. What's something that made you smile? Or if someone's having just starting to get a hard time, maybe the question is more, What's helped you when you've been here before? Because those questions, those aren't questions that I can answer for you. I don't know. Like, I can't just tell you a joke and have you laugh. Maybe you won't find it funny. Maybe it's not the same humor. Maybe you hate dad jokes because you're just absolutely insane. I don't know. Uh, so it, it's definitely one of those things that you have to, there is a line between trying to relate and trying to just take over the experience for them. And you can't do that second one. You can't take over the experience for them. You can't really take over and say, here's what you should do uh, because you're not their therapist and you're not them. Yeah. I mean, so. I, I had an interaction on, on Twitter and it's what made me then put on Twitter afterwards. I no longer engage in conversation on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I literally just went, I'm not going to, I'm not going to respond to you. I'm not going to get it. I may make a comment. If you try and talk back to me, I won't respond. It's literally on my, on my bio because I'm like, there's no point. I'm not going to change yeah. your mind. Um, you're not here to for discussion. That's not why people talk. Like that's not what's happened about. Because it was a, it was a, it was something on um, a mental health thing, and I just went, well, that doesn't talk for everything. You're missing this, and they basically just came back and said, well, I'm right because of this. And like, well, then you're not taking account of anything. Um, right. And also, I have exactly the same thing as you do. So you're not talking for me. So how can it be right? Like, <laughs> right? That, yeah. The dad joke thing is actually quite funny because I have a member of the community. I don't even know how this started. But I have a member of the community and it's it's so nice that I was there for them because they went through a tough time last year and they came in and it was we could tell they're going through a tough time because it was different to normal. And they 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 needed something. And it was so good that they felt that they could come to us because when they come in the community, they literally turn up with dad jokes. They'll come in. I love it. When I they love see, it. Like, they'll, they'll be like and it always happens when like maybe things are tense in the chat or someone's feeling really down or whatever and just suddenly i'm gonna give you a shout out jr beasley because i'm not saying anything bad about you jr good man he'll come in and just be like 
hey, and just come up with a random dad joke and like, hey, it's really funny because at one point one of my mods nearly um, banned him. I'm like, no, 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 I want that. I hate dad jokes. I absolutely fine. hate them. It's I because, loved it. I loved it. Because he started a joke and I think they were like, oh, we can't have people telling jokes to him. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's, they're, they're cool. They're fine. That's, that's a good dad <laughs> And yeah. it always started with dad jokes. And then at some point it, it like, they feel comfortable last year to just come and go, you know what? I'm not good. And it was so nice that they actually then felt that like they'd, they'd been part of the community enough to actually go, you know what? Actually, I'm going to talk about it on here, um, which is really nice. And they're, they're, they never say much in the community. They'll occasionally say some words, but mainly it's dad jokes. And it's, it's, it's I, I really like that. I like the idea that like they're still there, but like, they're not, they're not disappeared. They're still there, but they will just come in with dad jokes and they think that, that we need them. And it's always yeah. cool to see them. It's always cool like that. Um, and yeah, you're right. The community is a is a, is a strange one when people talk about about everything. Um, and you know, and I think it's important for a lot of people to realise that things are different. Now, obviously, the the one big thing between me and you is the cultural differences. Have you ever found that on Twitch as well? Because the big thing I always say to people is, for for instance, we said before um, before we came on, swearing. The, the I've got to get some hate here. I know, but. I don't care. It's my podcast. Um, the word cunt in yeah. England, Scotland, Ireland, Wales and Australia. It is a term of either endearment or hatred. It is. Yeah. Both. And we can use it in the same sentence to mean two different things. <laughs> so, I mean, the obvious one was Ricky Gervais when um, he was with his uh, American producer or something in Scotland. And a police officer went up to him and just went, you're a funny cunt. And his producer went, what the hell was it? He was saying, I, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm, I'm funny. Like, that's what he was saying. I was like, what? And it's like, even in swearing, but then so many other things that it's, do you ever find it difficult? I mean, I don't know how many people, maybe you have, maybe you have none from, um, from other countries or from, um, from those countries that I've mentioned um, that have, are so similar, but not the same at all. I mean, there's a, there's a quote of, um, uh, the UK uh, or England and uh, America, two countries separated by the same language. And so, for instance, I mean, the obvious thing you talk about therapy, the idea of having therapy all the time is, is a normal thing in America. It is not at all in England. That is a such a weird concept, uh, which is I always find really strange because you have to pay for your stuff and we don't. But for yeah. us, we're like, why the fuck would you go to like, what's wrong? That's that's the ultimate thing. And I have to say, as someone who who literally advocates for mental health and has issues myself, I still think that. Yeah. And my mind still does that because it's a cultural. It's just it's completely foreign to my way of thinking of like, but if I'm OK, why am I going? Like, I, I have other things I can be doing because, I mean, I'm not good with talking therapy. I use physical therapy and things like that outside of it. So it's different for me because it's easier for me to do that anyway. But, like, that's a normal cultural thing. Whereas, like, if people just talk in a very much kind of, well, I'm American, so we have therapy, and you'll talk to someone from, say, the UK or Australia or most of Europe, and, and they say, I'm not, the, the American response would be, well, you've got to get into therapy. But, of course, it's not what you do in these other countries. Do you ever find a difficulty in that where you're, like, your mind wants to say something, or they said something and you're like, what, what's going on? It, you find yourself not quite understanding each other because of that cultural difference. 
I mean, there have been a couple of instances of that. So the cussing part, especially, um, I have one community member who the rule that I have with her is she has to let me know when she arrives. Like she has to immediately tell me that she's there because she does not like cussing and she's made that known. And so I'm like, okay, if you're here, I will tone it down. Cannot guarantee that I won't do it because it's just, I, I even cuss at work and, and for an American working in a professional environment, that's not something that we necessarily do, but it just comes out. I can't (laughs) help it. (laughs) And my whole team knows this and like, they're all fine and they, they know that they can cuss with me and I'm not going to get onto them or anything. So, um, but she has to let me know that. And the way that we figured that out is that she came on really strong saying, you shouldn't be using that language. And I'm like, step back. My channel, you have to click that you are mature enough to be here. So if you have clicked that button, my space is my space and I'm going to treat it how I want, Mm -hmm. but tell me what's going on with you that you don't want me to use it. And so with that interaction, I set the boundary and then I said, but tell me, tell me what's going on so that maybe we can work together on something, on a solution. And I think that's something that a lot of people who come into these cultural differences, um, especially with streaming where it's a community based thing, you know, if you have a cultural difference at work, you can get somebody else involved in the project. Um, but with streaming, a community is a community and you have to either interact with someone or ban them. And I don't ban people. Um, I can, I can get them to stop coming, but I don't ban them. And so um, with her, you know, I set that boundary. We worked through a solution. And now the thing is, she just has to tell me when she's there, and I'll tone it down to the extent that I can. But the, the other part of that is she doesn't get to tell me that I'm cussing. Like, that's, she doesn't get to tell me, hey, you just used a bad word. Like, that's not because, A, there are no bad words. There's only language, and language is language. Well, I mean, I can think of one or two bad words, but that the connotation of those words is bad. It's not the letters of the word, yeah. you know, so. Um, and even culturally, the words you're thinking of within certain yes. boundaries are still not bad words. So, yes. yeah. Yeah. So um, and I've had that talk with my kids a lot, too, is like there are no bad words. You stub your toe. You're going to say shit. I'm not going to get on to you for that. You say shit in front of grandma when you know she doesn't like cuss words. I'm going to get on to you for that. Like there's a context and a time and place. And home is a safe space. Don't go overboard. Don't be mean with it. And that's the thing is don't be mean with it. Um, so that's one example on Twitch. I think the other example um, is just that I have a, a community member. I'm not sure what disability she has, but I do know that she's disabled and doesn't work. She has caregivers. And she'll come on. She is in Australia. Mm-hmm. And she'll come on, and she will ask a lot of questions. And there have been plenty of times where I didn't quite understand the intent of her question. Um, and we've had to just kind of work it out with, all right, you said these words, this is what that means to me. But clearly I'm not understanding. Can you just explain what you mean? And so that also comes back to communication. Um, and I, I feel like so much of the misunderstandings on Twitch in the world in general, in my professional life, come back to communication. And if you can communicate and you're willing to talk about it, you're going to get through Pardon me, you're going to get through whatever the issue has been. And so I'm a big proponent of when there is a disagreement, we just talk it through. And if you're not willing to talk it through, then this isn't the place for you to be anyway. Yeah. And I mean, you're, you're, you're not wanting to interact with your own mental health at that point either. And I'm, I'm, Australian stuff is a bit like British in that it's probably incredibly sarcastic tone, even though necessarily isn't. Um, it's, uh, there's a, a, um, a comedian who I, 
he's from America, from Alabama, but I don't know how um, big he is over there, Reginald D. Hunter. And he's always said about, um, like, when you, when you have friends in America, um, you'll be like, hey, this is Brad. He's a really nice guy. And then you'll do it in England and be like, this is Dave. He's a bit of a twat. Um, and, that, you know, that's, that's our endearment. You know, it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. Um, and, I mean, yeah, it's, it's really interesting because, obviously, also um, different words that we use for completely different um, reasons. So, for instance... And I'll preface this. These are what they mean in England. If you are using <laughs> these words outside of England, you're being a dick. Fag and faggot. So yeah. fag is a cigarette. It's a cigarette to me. And faggot is a meatball. It's literally. And I, it's interesting because I, I spoke to someone recently um, who's actually part of the LGBTQ um, IA plus community themselves. And got really confused because Americans were doing about it because they were asking what they they were having for tea. And like, oh, yeah, well, I'm having this. And they're like, why are you going crazy? Like, what? what's going on? And like, oh, but you should call it something else. And like, no, 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 no. That is the That's name what it means. of it. Yeah. Like yeah. they are like the it's from Frey Bentos is the company that makes them. And that's what they're called. Is it Frey? No, it's Mr. Brains. Sorry, Frey Bentos is pie. Mr. I think it's Mr. Brains is, but the, literally it's, it would be like saying, well, this is a cup. Now you've got to call it a jelly because we don't like the word cup. Like, it's what it's called. It's the actual product is that. It is, it's, matters hugely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's, it's always, those kind of little things are interesting as well, because obviously that becomes part of the discussion as well. And yeah, so it is, like you say, it's, it all comes, I mean, it, it's, it's that simple thing. It all comes down to just talking to each other. Um, <laughs> but it, it is interesting because obviously like those words and just in case anyone's wondering, I'm going to like, what, what time are we on? Right. I will put a fucking picture above me just in case anyone wants to be a dick with me. Like, yeah, that's what it's called. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting with, uh, with that because I never knew that fag or faggot was a, was a slur at all until I was what? 20 something. Yeah. Well, because I like. Well, how would you know? It's not there. It's not where you are. It's not. So how would you know that? There's no way you would know that. And especially like parts I grew up in having a northern father that they come from the north. Like the meatballs come from the north. So, it's, <laughs> you know, and it's it's very it's very strange. Um, and yeah. the other one that I actually I had I had to jump into it. Somebody else was streaming. Um, a friend of mine, they were streaming and somebody put our kid just R and then kid and they thought that it was um they were using the the um R words as a as a slur and banned them and I immediately just went in and just went no that's a British person our kid is a term of endearment it means my friend like or or a relative like um I would say you know my brother would be our kid Mark our kid you know, that's it's so strange to be like, no, no, you've just banned someone that actually hasn't done anything wrong. Like <laughs> they're just using British colloquials in the same way that we have to be aware of Australian or American. And it does get interesting because I have I did a, I did a check and I, every now and again, I look at the analytics on on YouTube and on Twitch. And I've and, and obviously people tell me in chat and I've got people that come in from like actively come in from Bulgaria from the Netherlands, from India, a lot from America, Australia. And like you every now and again, you'll say something, you're going to go, all right, I've got to, I've got to run through my head real quick and figure out whether any of that was offensive. 
or whether any of that is bad. Because obviously, you know, when people are in a heightened state anyway, but potentially because of their mental health, it doesn't necessarily help. But you've yeah. got to have that discussion and have that context. And it's very difficult to do sometimes. Um, and obviously, you know, getting into that conversation. Um, have you found that your audience really kind of has taken on board and they've really kind of gone with you on the mental health? Because obviously you're saying that you talked about mental health anyway and they were encouraging it. But like, have you found that since you started doing it, there's been a real kind of you've gone, oh, wow, this was needed. <laughs> like, Is that kind of because I think for a lot of people, when they do mental health, you do start to go, wait. Oh, a lot of people are fucked up. Like, I think that's where you start to get to go. Oh my God, why the fuck? Like, yeah, we need this discussion. Like, has that been something yeah. you found? Yeah, I mean, so when I first started doing the Mental Health Monday interviews, I didn't have my own Discord. I I had a Twitter. I didn't really use it. You know, mm. all of this stuff just wasn't necessarily in place. And the community that I was a part of on Discord didn't have a mental health component really at all. Now, they were supportive of what I was doing, and they still, you know, engaged in what I was doing, but there wasn't, like, anything that indicated for a newcomer that it was anything related to mental health in the Discord at all, and so one of the things that I did is I did create a new Discord, and you can tell from the very beginning of getting there that it is focused on mental health to an extent, and also gaming is thrown in there, and so... I think what that's done, first of all, the people who were interested had to manually follow me over to there, right? So it wasn't like switching the disc, the existing Discord. No, they had to join a new Discord, which expressed interest. So that filtered out anyone who, not that anyone was not supportive, but who wasn't necessarily interested in it and wasn't necessarily interested in, in engaging in that for whatever various reasons they may have. Um but also because I'm so blatant about it, <laughs> it's hard to ignore. And so everyone in, in the Discord now supports it, engages with it. It's a great, um, it's a great community. And everyone on my Twitter, I'm much more active on Twitter now, and I do a lot of posting about mental health and different scientific articles and stuff, and um, different commentary. Like I said, the mental health check-ins and everything. I'm very, very blatant about what I'm on social media for and on Discord for and on Twitch for. And when you go to my Twitch channel, I mean, it says right on it, like, I'm a mental health advocate. I'm not a therapist. Like, I, I have all of the information and disclaimers you can possibly want. And so no one is necessarily surprised whenever it comes up. <laughs> uh, and no one no one is shocked that that's how it goes. But I did have some people who it just wasn't necessarily their thing. And so they didn't follow me over from the old old community to the new one. And that's okay. They don't have to. I do still get messages from them every now and then just asking how I am and everything. And um, that's really nice. So they're still friends. They just mm. don't necessarily want to be in a, in a space focused on mental health for their own personal reasons. And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've had people that uh, for, for similar when I came on. I mean, I when I first came on to Twitch, I was literally just a watcher. And, uh, you know, I they, they I mean, Twitch is uh, along with a lot of other things. Twitch was one of the things that literally saved my life. I mean, I had a planned out day and that was it. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, I wasn't watching necessarily watching these people for mental health. I was just watching them because it's like, okay, I'm smiling. I'm smiling watching you. Cool. Um, so it's, it's always interesting. But then obviously for some people, when you go into more mental health, it's like, you made me smile, but now like, now you're going to something else and I don't like it because it, maybe they, they've not 
they're not ready for the journey that they need to take potentially as yeah. well for a lot of people. Um, I've got two things left in my head um, to, to go with. I'm going to go with the, the one that sounds harsher first, which is um, because you said something similar. So the, the, the question that I know um, a friend of mine, Mindset by Dave, gets a lot, and I've had it occasionally, is, um, and I'm wondering what your answer would be to it is, because I know what mine is, but what gives you the right to talk about mental health? Because that comes Ooh. out a lot. <laughs> I love that. I love that question. That, that's a really good. Okay, so let me let me consider for a minute how I want to respond <laughs> to that because that is a really good question, and it is something that I think every mental health advocate has asked themselves at one point or another. If you do this long enough, you're going to ask themselves, you're going to ask yourself, what gives me the right to be here in this space? I am not a therapist. I am not in the mental. I I work for an engineering firm. Like it has nothing to do with mental health or even education or games or anything. You know, no, I'm not in a social media department. Why am I on doing all that stuff? So I think what gives me the right is that there is a gap. There is a gap between what a therapist can provide and what people need in their lives. And mental health advocates and people like you and I, we are the ones who can help fill that gap. And so because it is a community-led effort, we are not pretending to be professionals. When I stream, you'll see above my head when I stream, when I'm doing the mental health interviews, literally says not a pro because I'm not trying to hide that. I'm not a professional. I don't have all the answers for you. I can ask you questions. I can get you connected to a professional. I can do whatever it is. But the gap that exists is how do people decide, okay, maybe I should give therapy a try. They might Google it but they have to get the idea of it from somewhere. Mm. And so mental health advocacy to me is helping to close that gap in I'm struggling. I need a community that's going to be supportive. My community is one of those supportive communities. What do I talk about all the time? Going to therapy. (laughs) I talk about different struggles that we all face and the different things that we can use to do self-care, the different ways things we can use to cope, um, the things that have worked for me. I bring up things that have worked for other community members as well. And it's those things that can get you through until your next appointment. And, yeah, your therapist can give you homework, but first you have to get to the therapist to get the homework. And then once you've completed that homework, maybe your next therapy session isn't for two weeks. And so there has to be something in between that can help people get to that next appointment. And I feel like mental health advocacy is one of those things. And also, I, as a mental health advocate, can say things that a therapist cannot say. They cannot give you an answer Mm. where I can relate my experience and what my answer was. And maybe that resonates with you and maybe it doesn't. But there's a higher chance that what I have been through, if you have been through something similar, the way that I responded, the way that I coped, the way that I that I got through it might also help you. But your therapist can't say, look, I treated a patient the other day. She was depressed as fuck. And here's what she did to get through it. They can't say that. Mm. You know, that's not something that a therapist can say. They are not there to give you the answers. They are there for you to put your bullshit in their hand and hold it there while you sort through it yourself. And a mental health advocate can much more carefully relate. There is a danger of a mental health advocate feeling like they can start to therapize people, and that is not something that is acceptable. I think that there is a danger in that, and it is a very fine line to walk sometimes. But if you are being careful to make sure that you are are putting all of the disclaimers out there, 
and you are making sure that you are saying this is my experience, this is the experience of others. Uh, I, the only thing that that does is help people get to their next step. And that's, I feel like that's what gives me the right. It's an interesting answer. And it seems, it's a strange one because I think you did there what you did at the beginning, which is at no point did you really talk about you. Because it, it, so, so for, I mean, my my immediate answer to that is would be what gives you the right to ask me. Um, because if your your response is that I can't talk it because what are you are you the the leading expert on something that I'm talking about? Um, are you the advocacy police? <laughs> and also, like um, I think the thing is, Rose, that you just go, I suffer, and that should be enough. I think. Because there was a there was a, a there was a drawn out thing there of you giving a lot of reasons that you can, whereas in reality, as we've both said continually through the podcast, is just talking is something that needs to happen, and talking is the at the baseline of it. Yeah. Even and, and this is where um, me and some others disagree. Even if you don't suffer and never have, never have what the hell was that in English? Never have. <laughs> Jesus, until it's late. Um, then. You should still be part of the discussion because the whole point until now is that we're in a neurotypical world trying to survive as neurodivergence. Well, we can't erase neurotypicals, so they still need to be part of the discussion. So everyone should just be talking about it. And the the fact that we're not talking about it is the reason we should be talking about it. So <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a snake eating its own tail. Um, so it's interesting the way you answered that because you basically. You seem to be continually on the on on the back foot, not intent, <laughs> likely not intentionally, but it's always interesting because, of course, when me and Mindset by Dave get it, I'm I run a mental health charity. I'm doing I'm finishing my diploma in counselling. Um, I am interrupted on my master's degree in global mental health. Dave is a, um, a mindfulness coach who is occasionally paid by the NHS in England to go and talk to kids about mindfulness and mental health. And we still get that question as well. And you still get other people that get it. It's just a question that people like. And that's not to say that me or Dave know anything any better. I always call myself the educated idiot. I, <laughs> I've read a lot of books. Doesn't mean I know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's the same with anybody. Um, and that that's constant, right? Even some of your therapists, you know, you might go to them and think, fuck no, I'm going to someone else. That's, you know, yeah. it can happen with anyone. So, but it's interesting when you have people that they can literally have, like, I mean, Dave, for instance, has won two awards in in mental health in England. Um, I've won um, uh, an award for, uh, for um, Extra Mile and being in the community. And it's like, what the fuck else do we need to do? So I think a lot right. of it just, it's just, it just becomes hate. It just becomes that kind of continuous, we want to have the go at you for something. And it's that toxicity that comes at you. So that's why I found it interesting that your answer was kind of almost preemptive of that and on the back foot. It's an interesting one. Um, and then the, 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 the kind of the other, the other one, which is nicer, I think, than, than the one that just sounds like I'm attacking, um, is, in, do you think, because we talked about Texas a lot, and do you think Texas is particularly better, worse, 
or the same as the rest of the United States in terms of mental health from your experience? Because, as we said, Texas is big on toxic masculinity and, you know, doesn't necessarily talk to each other. But is it really any different from California or are they just shouting about it more? Because, for instance, on my streams, I always make the point of when we talk about mindfulness or meditation, because I'm a um, qualified teacher for both of them, we're not talking about L.A. wellness because it's bullshit. So, like, is it really worse or better or is it the same? I'm just wondering. Well, I mean, all right. So Texas is a big place. Yes. It is the <laughs> I, second biggest state. Yes. Although yes, it is plenty of Texans massive. will not want to admit that it's the second biggest. No. But, you know. no. We don't <laughs> want to give Alaska its due. Absolutely not. Uh, it's yeah, Canada. I mean, it's just Canada adjacent. Right. Right. That's right. Isn't Russia trying to say that it's really theirs? Wasn't there a I billboard mean, a while back <laughs> that was like Alaska's really Russian or something? I don't know. Whatever. It's, it's fine. So Texas is a huge place. It's the size of several states combined. You put it up in the um, northeast, and it's going to cover the whole northeast. That being said, it's still small compared to the rest, like the rest of the United States combined. So there's lots of different states in the south that I would say are worse than Texas. But as a whole, I don't think Texas is any better than the rest of the United States. I think that we have a lot of people who would like it to be. But the problem, in my mind, always comes back to politics and the politicians that are elected. And because of the way that the system is set up, it's hard to get the right, right politicians elected. Those politicians are going to stay in their place because of the way that the vote is set up. And that is unfortunate. Um, but when it comes to mental health, I think that we have probably similar resources to what everyone else has, with the exception of transgender care Um because there are new laws in Texas that are just complete and utter bullshit. And CPS, come for me. Come on. Let's oh, go. I'll I'll state, fight you. Is your state one of the ones that's um, potentially enforced um, medical change? Rever- uh, they, they are the ones, uh, not reversion. Well, I don't know. Maybe I need to look it up. Maybe they have. I wouldn't be surprised, quite honestly. I know there's a couple of states that have done that. Yeah. yeah I, it's possible that Texas is one of them. If there are some states that have it, it's possible that it's Texas. That would not surprise me one bit. Texas enacted some legislation that says if you are providing gender-affirming care to your transgender child, that you can be investigated by the Child Protective Services, which is a department in Texas uh, that can literally take your children away from you. Hmm. And so, I mean, I'm very open that I do have a transgender son, and you want to come at me for providing gender-affirming care? Come at me. I'm ready. Let's go. I'll, I'll fight it to the nail, to the death. You are not taking my child away for that. Um, and so I think that there are some things in Texas that are like that, pretty abysmal compared to the rest of the United States, uh, with the exception of maybe a couple of others that are on the, a similar level of awfulness. Alabama and Tennessee. Uh, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> maybe throw, sometimes Kentucky gets a little bit bad. That was literally <laughs> the other one I was thinking of. <laughs> yes. Um, so there are some extreme things in Texas that I think are very, very harmful. Mm. In general, for mental health, I think that you can provide a similar level of care to other states for most things. Um, the issue with Texas is because it is so large, a lot of the areas are very rural. And whenever you get into those areas, sometimes you have to drive an hour to the closest appointment that is available in your specialty, whatever it is, whether that's Tourette's syndrome or a counseling focus as well. I'm 
not gender affirming care because theoretically none of them do anymore. They do. If you need help, please let me know. They do. Um, so sometimes it can take a very long drive time. It is also sometimes cost prohibitive, but there are things in place to help find resources. And I have a lot of those linked on my page. I talk about them a lot in my streams. I talk about them a lot in the discord. Again, if you need anything, please reach out. You can find me at mamafoxfire.gmail.com. You can come and visit me on the stream, whatever it is. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. I can, I can help connect you. I can't find it for you, but I can help connect you. If you're in Texas and you need help finding something, please let me know. However, travel distance and time, sometimes cost, those things can get very prohibitive because of the massive distance between cities Mm. in Texas. And so on that level, we're probably one of the worst states, but it's not that the care is not there. It's just not there where you need it all the time. And if you live in a big city, then you're, you're fine. If you live in proximity to a big city, then you're fine. You can probably find what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, it might take some searching. And, and the thing that I always tell people, there are therapists in Texas. I've experienced uh, some of these therapists that are trash. And never be afraid to fire your therapist. They are there to work for you. If they are not working for you, get a new one. Don't give up on therapy like I did the first time. I gave up for years. And I had a bad experience. And I didn't go back for years. And if I had gone back and found a different therapist, I think that I probably would have handled uh, my papa's disappearance quite differently. Yeah. Um, and maybe that would have saved me a little bit of heartache. But also, you know, maybe it would have been just the same. But at least I would have been better mentally um, strong. Not, I was going to say prepared, but nothing can prepare you for that. <laughs> no. uh, yeah. Therapy, obviously, talking about talking therapy. And it is important people know that not everything that people there's a lot of things that you can call therapy that that other people may not like i say physical therapy music yeah. therapy there's a lot of other things so if you're like me that has tried a lot of therapy but actually talking therapy just doesn't work for me it, yeah i've i've done too much reading in it like i said i've done this primary in it and the mark you know it i i find for me i find i find it the moment of kind of going well this is the page you read that from for me um that just may be that i've got bad care near me although i'm in the southeast but so for me i just can't do it so i go and you know i'm a i'm a marathon runner and you know i can hit people and it's fine because i was a martial artist it's cool um you know i can do things like that so there's always other therapy but like you say there's always another therapist i've had people that go yeah but i don't want to i don't want to be a burden like you're not a burden you're the one they're, they're they're looking after you are not the one that's the problem like they are you are not they are there to look after you not nothing else that's 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 it that's literally it um yeah yeah Yeah, and and when i say therapy i'm i'm meaning something that's facilitated by a professional so things like like going and doing something physical that is a great Mm. therapy it's really self-care like it's something that you need to keep your motor running and so if whatever you need to do for self-care as long as it is not harmful to others and harmful to yourself that's great do it absolutely that is your personal therapy. When I say therapy, I mean something that's facilitated by a professional, whatever that looks like. Maybe it's the e, uh, EMDR. Maybe it's talk therapy. Maybe it is some sort of equine therapy. Whatever it is, just facilitated by a professional is really what I mean by that. Yeah, I, don't, I think, again, that's a, that's a cultural distinction because um, music therapy, for instance, is pretty big over here um, yeah. and is completely separate from what you would think of as being a professional. So I think yeah. that is, that's that's a, that's a, that's a cultural thing as well. 
Equine is is really good, which we don't have out here. But there's loads of there's loads of equine that's been shown for it's really plenty good. in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, like you say, it's it's interesting. I think, like you say, Texas for its its mental health care doesn't do as bad as people think it does. I mean, when you look at, I mean, one of the worst, the one of the absolute worst um, interactions I've heard about between a therapist and um, someone in care was from Washington State, which, you know, it that's meant to be the Europe of America. And it was literally a therapist saying to them that the reason the reason that um, you're suffering from all these things is because you're not a Christian. Oh, fuck in you. Fucking God Washington, damn. In Washington State, like not in the not in backwater Hickville fucking, you know, Washington State in Seattle. Washington what, State. What unchristian thing to say to someone? Like, yes, just makes no. You're just an asshole to say that to begin with. Yeah. Be you're not being a very good Christian by saying that. Yeah, and you're being a very good therapist either. I mean, <laughs> no, you're being nothing a about that. Therapist. Nothing like, about no, that. absolutely not. That's not okay. Interesting to 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 hear because you know, like I say, we think of Texas as being the worst, but like you say, a lot of it's just down to to distance. You've got to go. You know, I'm I'm in a country that you can get from the top to the bottom is eight nine hundred miles. So <laughs> that's that's like your nearest yeah. fucking shop. Like <laughs> you could drive. I think so. I would say it takes at least from where I am. I could drive probably twelve or fourteen hours and still be in Texas if I was going to the right place. And actually, probably even farther. I could probably drive even longer and still be in Texas. And that's driving seventy five eighty miles an hour too, not just low country roads driving <laughs> it's why i think it's really interesting when you get the really kind of old school racists in england who are like oh yeah the british empire i'm like yeah because when you were born we still had india like that's the reason it was an empire we're not an empire we're fucking tiny like yeah. there we go um was there anything <laughs> that you wanted to, to bring up that I, that we haven't mentioned or that i've talked over you or anything that you know you think actually i need to mention this before we finish up um, not that I think of. I just really appreciate the chance to come on here and talk to you. It's been a blast. Absolutely. No problem at all. Um, thank you, everyone that has, that's come along. I'm going to put, um, I'll probably make it easy for everyone. I'm going to put the Linktree link in below. If you don't know what Linktree is, basically, if you just click on it, it's going to have all of uh, Mama's links on there for everything. It just saves me right now every single one to do it. Just click on that and it'll yeah. bring you all up. Um, uh, and also, if you've got to the end of this, firstly, get yourself a cookie because you deserve it. Um, I will point out, actually, talking because as an American, cookies are a thing in England. They're not all biscuits. We have biscuits and cookies. <laughs> okay, so what's the difference between a biscuit and a cookie? A biscuit is um, small and hard. A cookie tends to be um, like a softer and big. Okay. There's okay. Big, yeah. So like Subway cookies are cookies to us because they're, they're they're soft and they're big. So that's but like an Oreo is a biscuit. A biscuit. Yeah, Oreo okay. is a biscuit. Okay. Whereas a subway cookies a cookie. That's that's the big difference. Like it's it's really funny because I see a lot of these things where they're just kind of going, oh, yeah, but they do this in England. I'm like, no, we don't. Like fries, fries and chips exist in England. Fries aren't fries are not chips and chips are not fries. There are fries and there are chips. They're different. They're not. So the amount of people I go, oh yeah, they call fries chips in England. No, we don't. We call them fries. <laughs> the only place this actually comes out of Twitch. Completely off the rail now, but I don't care. It's the end of it. <laughs> the, 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 the only place I have ever seen someone say um, thin ch- uh, thin chips 
or you know anything like our French chips or whatever is in Ireland, not in England. In England, we sell French fries and we sell chips. Basically, so essentially, and, like a chip is a steak fry. Yeah, okay. but we call right, we call it. them steak chips. So basically, the thin thin ones they're fries, then steak chips, then potato wedges. So when they're like a wedge, they're potato yeah. wedges. But yeah, fries are similar to like McDonald's fries, basically. But yeah, we have fries. There's not a no no fries thing. <laughs> we have miles, not kilometers. I could go on about this. The amount of times, so I got this when I first went to Twitch. The amount of times Americans would say something, I'm like, no, you're you just think that you're the only ones that that work with your system. But no, who do you think gave you Imperial? <laughs> <laughs> we we did. We don't know what kilometers or kilograms are either. We ain't got a fucking clue. <laughs> anyway. Especially after that little rant, go and get yourself two. <laughs> Maybe a hot chocolate, you know, get some whipped cream, you're all good, because you've survived the end to the end of this. Thank you so much uh, for joining me, Mama, and thank you so much for everyone um, that came along with us. Uh, next week, we will be talking to um, another TikToker about their journey there, and um, I will see you then. But thanks, everyone, and we'll see you again. Cheers, everyone.